Mario, you know after this we've only one show left. Yeah, and I'm on tour all over the country. Yeah, on that, some people say we're a great double act. I'm free from April on. You mean perform on stage with me? I could do impressions. How's it going, Ronan O'Gara? No, sorry, I do Ronan O'Gara. I do all the impressions. Well, I could um, fill the gaps when you go off to get wigs and costumes. I have a video screen for that. I could be the straight guy. You? I don't need a straight guy. Sorry, you, a straight guy. Come on. I could do (laughs) gay if you like. Nobody does gay better than me. Okay, how are you? Well done, Sonny. Buckle up. We've got a show to do. Let's go. Out of here. Johnny, Johnny, get it going. In a couple of minutes, Ulster and Ireland winger Andrew Trimble is here. Joining him is one of the most successful comedy actors ever from Ireland, Arden O'Hanlon. And former Munster star player who has swapped the pitch for the stage, Hermitage Green singer Barry Murphy. He is Ulster's most capped player and also their record try scorer. Big clubhouse welcome for Andrew Trimble! That was quick. You just came out of nowhere. How quick. Andrew, welcome to the clubhouse. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Have you seen this show before? Uh, yeah. Great. What do you <laughs> He's lying. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great show. Seriously. Listen, Andrew. Andrew, I, I don't want to start by saying this, but I feel really sorry for you. And the reason I feel really sorry for you is when I think of your fantastic career, which is still existing. Um, you're in of the team. You're out of the team. You're in the team, and you're out of the team. And then whenever you get in the team, everybody goes, "Oh my God, Trimble was the outstanding performer on the pitch. He's going to be on the team for the next ten uh, games or whatever, and then you're out again. What happens? What's the what? How's this yeah. roller coaster been for you? Yeah, I've been up and down a good bit. Um, I've been dropped a lot. Um, Donnick and I actually spent. He's moving away from you slightly <laughs> on the couch, <laughs> distancing himself from this. Uh, we've actually um, kind of dovetailed quite well. Um, generally, we're the expendable ones. It was always <laughs> he was dropped for Mal, and I was dropped for Shaggy, Shane Horgan, or, or Dennis, or Tommy. Um, so quite often, you know, I would come into Kalani Castle and. And, and Deck, you would say, well, well, Andrew, um, you're not starting this week. And, and I would look back and Donna would be there. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy days, we'll have a good week then. I've, I've always been intrigued by this and I'm always trying to, you know, get it out of him. But when you are not playing and you are watching Ireland playing and you are watching the player playing in your position, um, what is your reaction when that player goes down injured? Uh, it's, it's like, have you seen that episode of Friends where Joey Tribbiani... Um, <laughs> loses the Oscar and he, he doesn't keep his poker face 
So I try and keep my poker face, but I'm inside. I'm Joey Triviani. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted. Uh, we, we do what we can just to make. But you it. don't want them to get hurt. You you want uh, you want the team. Well, sorry, go sorry. No, no, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> he kind of did. No, you're right. No, absolutely. We want them to win and play well and stay fit. Yeah. I I want the team to win by a point and the person that plays in my position to have an absolute nightmare of a game. <laughs> to drop every ball, to have never win a line out, to just fall over at, at best. So that's what I was always looking for. Do you think you've been unlucky in your career? Or. Uh, at times, you know, there's been times when I feel like I've been playing well and haven't got in, but there's been times whenever I've kind of rode my luck a little bit as well, in the early days especially. But we've been, <laughs> we've been in it together, actually. There was one weekend in particular. I remember, again, we both had that conversation with Decky. We weren't involved. We were over in Rome, and we were both 23rd and 24th men back then, squad of 22. And uh, we decided, right, we're going to make the most. <laughs> it's a romantic weekend in Rome <laughs> for the two of us. And uh, we did an open-top bus tour. And the boys were going up for coffees, coming back from training. And we were like waving to them. <laughs> Enjoy the game of the weekend, best of luck. We basically had a romantic week, weekend for two in Rome. We were at the yeah. Trivi Fountain, we were at the yeah. Coliseum, the Swords of the We got a friendship bracelet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have mine. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I don't know what this story is because I didn't want to know, but they just gave me two words here. Lions fitting. Lions fitting. What's yeah, all that Yeah, OK, about? so um, I came down to Carton House one night, and uh, so the, the run-up to the Lions takes about nine months, you know, getting guys all organised and ready, uh, you know, quite a lot of logistics. So the Lions were in, in town that night. They were at Carton House, and the pre-function area was just packed out with uh, Lions gear. So you came in, and then they announced, right, we're going to fit for your Lions gear this year. Oh. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going with the Lions. This, this is, is the moment. This is brilliant. So, um, uh, you know, I've... Um, you did a Joey Tribbiani face, actually. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. I got, I got... I tried to keep my cool, you know, because, to be honest, it wasn't just me getting fitted. The whole squad was getting fitted. So I, I walked in and kind of, you know, put on the jersey or whatever, and, and I just turned around and caught myself in the mirror, and I thought, I'm going to be a Lion. <laughs> this is my year. Uh, and then took the jersey off, got organised, went back up to the room, and uh, there was a squad of 45 or 50 in Ireland in, in Carton House that night. And um, I didn't know this, but there was a senior squad and a wolfhound squad. <laughs> so I was in the wolfhound squad, and I got an itinerary, an itinerary through the door, wolfhounds. So I went from here to here. <laughs> What I love just, there's little sad eyes and everything. <laughs> Every, why, why, why are you not saying all? <laughs> what I love about that story is that you came straight down to the team room and goes, lads, I'm in the wolf homes. That was the greatest waste of an hour of my life. You yeah, know? Yeah. Come here, I've always wanted to ask you about this as well. Um, Ulster and Munster. But when you join up with the Irish team, are there provincial cliques? Do you go straight for the Ulster guys? And do Munster go straight for the Munster guys? Or do you cross-fertilise? That's the wrong choice of verb. <laughs> but do you, do I don't know about Donald, but I've never cross-fertilised. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but do you gravitate towards each other as your own provinces, or do you join up with each other? Uh, or the others? When you're new, you tend to gravitate to your own guys. And uh, coming up to match day as well, you'd be roomed with your own guys. Um, quite often it would be encouraged early on in the week when it's not that important if you get a good night's sleep stick you with a snore, a monster or a Leinster snore, that's fine. Someone you're not used to, but 
a tendency is to just gravitate. I think back in the day, actually, there would have been a little bit of a monster Ulster thing. Yeah. And the Leinster boys were left out. Nowadays, it's a little bit more balanced. Yeah, we hate everyone equally now. We do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stay there. We're going to hear more from you later, Andrew. Andrew Tremble, everyone. guest to start on the small screen as a priest, a superhero and a detective. And on top of all that, he continues to tour to sell out audiences all over the world. I love England. I love English people. The thing I like most about English people is that they're very apologetic. Ooh. Uh, uh, this, I came across this survey recently. The average English person says the word sorry okay, two million times in his or her life. <laughs> now, it's still not enough, but it's a start. <laughs> and, That's a really nice welcome, isn't it? Yeah, they're lovely. I love this place. Yeah. I love the colour scheme. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic, yeah. <laughs> so come here, on March 17th, Ireland play England in uh, Twickenham. And you're doing a special event that night. You're That's doing right. comic relief. Yes. So yes. you're doing, going to be watching the match yes. and then doing comic relief. Yes. How's that going to work for you? You're telling me like this like I didn't know. I mean, no. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, yeah, no, uh, so yeah, in the Three Arena, uh, there's, a, there's a big show called The Comic Relief Show featuring most of Ireland's comedians and um, others, and it's all in aid of uh, uh, the homeless. So most of the proceeds go to Father Peter McFerry Trust and to Focus Ireland. So it's a great night. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah. And before that, you'll be watching Ireland, England. Yeah, so it, it's obviously a pretty big day because Ireland England is on the same day, and 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 which is pretty nerve wracking. I mean, I'd be far more nervous about the the rugby than the, than the gig. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be pretty. Well, I mean, I'd be fine for the gig then because I'll forget that the gig's on because I'd be so engrossed in the game. So I, I in fact, I only ever do gigs after big rugby matches now. <laughs> it's a way of just yeah getting rid of the nerves, you know. Good, good, good. Yeah. Okay, but I will be panicking. Yeah. Now you are you are a big rugby fan. I mean, I know you're a soccer fan. Mm -hmm. but also a big rugby fan. What are your kind of earliest rugby memories? Um, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more you, nervous sitting so, beside rugby players than I would be. Exactly. Uh, are you as enamoured as I am sitting beside well, these guys? I am. I'm just afraid they're going to start like flicking each other with towels in a minute <laughs> or comparing their muscles or something, you know. But, you um, so well. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, my earliest rugby memories, my, my first, the first ever match I went to, was Ireland, New Zealand in 1973 with my dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we drew. I mean, you know, I thought it was always going to be that good. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but, but the memory, like, it's not just my first ever memory of m m uh, going to a rugby match. It, it was like, it was such a, a happy childhood memory, generally, just going to Dublin, like, yeah. for the day with my dad, you know, and uh, being up on his shoulders and, you know, like, that's, that's cool, isn't it? I mean, like... I try to get up on my dad's shoulders now, and he, <laughs> he, you know, he's 80, he's got dodgy knees, he doesn't like it. Uh, but so that's what I remember. I remember the rugby, I remember like drawing with New Zealand, I remember like the old Lansdowne Road, amazing atmosphere, and the whole, the whole day, the whole occasion. So, you know, uh, 
the Six Nations has been the greatest tournament, you know, in, sporting tournament in the world ever since for me. And you went to a, you went to a rugby school. Mm-hmm. And I'm told you were, <laughs> it's written down here, you were a tricky little out-half. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I You're didn't, so coy. Well, I didn't have the physique I, I have today. I, 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 was, I, was a, <laughs> I was a very skinny kid. I, I, um, I played in the thirds. I went to a, a school called Blackrock College, which is a kind of a leading rugby school in, in, the, in the country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never told anyone this before. Uh, and yeah, so I, 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 I was like, I was terribly afraid of contact. Uh, that's the main thing. So I right. became quite a good passer and, and uh, just to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't fast. I didn't have any aggression, but I, 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 could, I could pass and I could kick. So I was thrown in and out half. But it was great fun, you know, just at that level, like playing for the thirds. Sounds like Raj. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You made a career out of it. You would have gone on yeah. over 100 caps if you stuck at it. Yeah, I know. I should have. <laughs> But Black Rock Thirds were good. They must have been. Yeah, they were, they were better than, than everybody else's firsts. I mean, you know, we used to end up playing like the first teams of other schools. And, but it was, it was just great fun. I mean, I always remember that side of it. Just like, you know, like a lot of the players on my team would have been really good players who just couldn't be bothered, you know. So, and then there'd be other just dosters and misfits. Anyone with coordination basically was on that team. Right. <laughs> and you're, I know you're a massive soccer fan. Mm. So I think it's Leeds, is it? Okay, well, we won't might be. It. Okay. <laughs> Any differences between being a, a soccer fan and being a rugby fan? An Irish soccer fan and being an Irish rugby fan? Well, I think the crack is similar. I mean, you, you know, in terms of the consumption of pints and, you know, the general goodwill and, and, and bonhomie and, you know, just the general frivolity is, is, is pretty similar. But for me, like, I love soccer uh, from a kind of purist point of view. I'll watch football any day of the week. But... I think the Six Nations is special, it's different. Partly it's the all-Ireland nature of it, and that really appeals to the, yeah. to the sentimentalist in me. You know, uh, that's, that's really special, you know. And also it's the, I think it's the emotional investment you get in rugby, like you, that you don't really get in soccer yeah. because of the physicality of it, the, the fact that you're, you put everything on the line. But the main thing for me is, is the fact that you're playing the same few teams every year. So there's this intense rivalry. Yeah which, you know, you only play England in soccer maybe once a generation, and it's brilliant, and we look forward to it, but you play them every year yeah. in the Six Nations, you know? So, so I think that, that just can't be replaced in any other sport. You just don't get it. Can, can you imagine how bad the Northern Ireland rugby team would be? <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd get big by Black Rock Thirds. Yeah. <laughs> you might even get on that team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're still nice like this. <laughs> You're, you're still flying, Mitchell. <laughs> no. Andrew, do you, what would, if you're following a soccer team, would it be Ireland or Northern Ireland? It'd be both. Who oh. am okay. <laughs> I mostly Northern Ireland. Um, Ardell, we have more questions to ask you later. Ardell O'Hallan, everybody. of the show, one of our guests is unfortunately put in the spotlight. Welcome to Ulstermind. <laughs> Please state your name. Andrew Trimble. And your occupation? A professional rugby player. Andrew Trimble, you have 60 seconds on Ulster, starting now. 
Who is the record cap holder for Ulster? Uh, is it me? Andrew Trimble. <laughs> Who is the record try scorer for Ulster? Is it me? <laughs> Andrew Trimble. Who was named Irupa Players Player of the Year in 2014? This is embarrassing. That's me as well. Just say the name. <laughs> Andrew Trimble. Correct. Which of your Ulster teams is known as which which of your Ulster teammates is known as the Lama? Oh, that's Ian Henderson. Correct. You have a degree in theology and a master's degree in finance, correct? That's correct. What was the name of the tax collector who climbed a tree in the Bible? <laughs> Zacchaeus. Jesus, it's correct. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say Jesus, sorry. For a bonus point, what type of tree was it? Sycamore tree. Uh, yes. <laughs> the other tax collector in the Bible, Levi, became which of Jesus' apostles? Um... I don't know. Matthew. What nickname is Rory Best? Oh, me. Oh, what? the frog. Correct. <laughs> Name the counties of Ulster not in Northern Ireland. Monaghan, Donegal and Cavan. Correct. According to an interview on UlsterRugby.com, you said you were punched in the face by the guitarist of which band? The Hives. Correct. Which way do you prefer it? Hard or soft? <laughs> I've started so I finish. The Brexit border. <laughs> Soft. Soft, please. Correct. <laughs> there is a correction. Andrew Trimble, everybody. Incredible. And they say rugby players are thick. No, that was good, yeah. Who says that? People. Forward, forwards. They say the forwards. Yeah, he's one of our brightest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the Bible stuff has completely freaked me out. Now, our final guest used to pull the strings for Munster, but now he plays a different tune. What a great band. Barry Murphy, everyone! Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, you've had a fantastic rugby career, but now you're having a fantastic music career. Can you draw any similarities between the two careers? Uh, yeah, massively, actually, in fact. Mm -hmm. um, like, there are differences, obviously. It's, uh, I suppose I see less naked men on a daily basis, which <laughs> is fantastic, to be honest. Um, I'd prefer to keep it that way. Um, but, yeah, I think when you're passionate about something, um, for me, anyway, rugby and music was always my, my passion. As a kid growing up, I would keep myself up at night thinking about playing for Munster, playing for Ireland, you know, and, and on the next night I would keep myself up thinking about playing music, being fucking uh, Freddie Mercury or, or, you know, Bob Dylan or whatever. So there was always that massive passion for me. It was always going to be one or the other. And uh, rugby took over when I was a teenager and, uh, and that was it for, for a long time. And then unfortunately I retired at 28 and 
then it just went straight to music. It was a very natural progression for me. And, um, you know, and then you're with a team, I suppose, like, like rugby. You're, you've got your teammates every day and you're building towards the weekend. And um, then with music, it's, we're a little team, we're a unit and no one gets in. And, and then we, we go out at the weekend and we try and perform for a big audience. And there's that trade-off when you're a player, as a, as a rugby player, it's so important for the, for the, the, the players to get a feedback off the crowd. I think you'll all agree with that. It's massive, especially with Munster. For us, it was huge. Um, they definitely won us games over years. And, and then when you're on the stage playing music, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's less grueling, I suppose. You know, you're not worrying about tackling Andrew Trimble with his big long arms trying to shove him in your face. But, uh, <laughs> but do you actually have really long arms? Donica was saying you do have long arms. I do, yeah. Can you stick them out there? Look at the length of them. This yeah, is they well, you're, I mean, you're, you're exaggerating. I mean, <laughs> don't make a clown of me. They are, they're they're yeah, an inch right. longer than they should be. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. This should be. This should be. <laughs> Do you know that? Yeah. Well, based on your height. All right, fair enough. going to take on this. Based on your height. Barry, I was asking Ardell about uh, pre-match nerves and or pre-gig nerves and pre-match nerves. I mean, are there any differences between matches, match nerves or gig nerves? or Is it the same kind of preparation that goes into it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have your routine, I suppose, that you'd go into to every that I would have gone into every game with for a long time, and and then with the there's less whiskey involved with the with the rugby than there is with the music, um, but there's yeah there's a, there's a routine that that yeah. we used to go through with rugby and your warm up, and then someone will talk, and when we go onto the stage now, we'll we'll have a huddle and we'll have a have a drink yeah. and we'll we'll kind of. Do a little song between us. So rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah. Meeting the stage. He drives, Murph drives me nuts because like we maxed out on rugby and that's all we have. And then he does that and then just goes off and starts a band and they're class. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the rest of us just fall in line and just chase the dream. But he's, uh, you know, constantly looking down his nose at the rest of us. Oh, you're not in a rock band. We were talking about, yeah, but we were remember we were talking about, um, was it Rob Carney before the match two weeks ago? And he, he seemed to be in tears to me yeah. during the National Anthem. I don't know, did you watch the match a couple of weeks ago, Ardell? It seems that Rob Carney was yeah. kind of very emotional. I was just wondering how, about the preparations for that match. I mean, obviously, you're not in bits before you go out and play a gig, hopefully. No, you get nervous. Like, uh, it's weird, like some of the smallest gigs we do will, will get you more nervous than doing a, doing a gig in front of a couple of thousand people. But um, no, it's a different kind of emotion. You're excited to get out and, and just have, the, have a bit of crack. Whereas with the rugby, there, there is a massive amount of pressure on those guys to perform yeah. every weekend. And uh, the whole nation is watching, the whole world is watching sometimes. And uh, that's, that's tough going. And you know, they're the best, the, the, the best guys are doing it at the moment. And, and uh, it's brilliant to watch them because they're just doing it in, in style. And yeah, I'd like to wish them all the best. You played in one of the greatest rugby games I've ever seen. It was Munster versus the All Blacks. And you scored a try in that game. And that was the famous game where I think Munster came out and did the Munster Hacka. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that experience. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a brilliant game to be involved in. Like, um, I was lucky enough to be involved in some big games over the years, and that, that one certainly was a bit of a spectacle. I think, you know, Limerick, it was like the Pope was coming to, to Limerick for, for the week. A Maori Pope that we all wanted to <laughs> kick the shit out of, you know. It was, <laughs> it, was uh, it was so surreal. The whole place shut down. Everywhere you went, it was like people were fucking just kissing you and trying to, you know, build you up for the game. And yeah. and uh, yeah, Dougie came into the dressing room with with uh, Rua and Maths and asked us. Actually, asked us could they do the hacker beforehand? Would it be okay? And they explained to to us what it was about. And we were like, they did it for us in the dressing room the night before the game. 
And wow. it's just unbelievable, you know, those moments you never forget for the rest <clears throat> yeah. of your life. And, and then that night when they did it, you know, we were in the dressing room and we didn't see what happened with the helicopter going down beforehand. And, but they came out and they did it and you couldn't hear them because the whole stadium went insane. And then when the All Blacks did their hacker, you could yeah. hear dogs barking in, in Moiras and stuff. It was just, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's, and then the game was, yeah, it didn't, it didn't let us down, you know. Yeah, that was amazing. Obviously, we didn't win it, but which is probably the, you know, going from the best moment to the worst moment of your life. But Absolutely. Um, it was class. It was I class. got knocked, if you look back, I got knocked out in the first 30 seconds of that game. <laughs> and I don't remember anything like it. You know, there was no real HIAs back then. It was like, I think I said to the doctor, like, please don't take me off. My dad will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it yeah, was brilliant. Very nice. And come here, Donica tells me about these initiation ceremonies that you get on the bus if you're an Irish player, you're capped, and one of the initiations is you have to just get up to the front of the bus and you have to sing a song. Donica, I don't know what you sang. Did you? I sang Wild Rover to the tune of Molly Malone. Okay, <laughs> but everybody has to do it. Very hard to do. But then Barry got up yeah. and he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely knocked it out of the park. Yeah, is that typical, right? Yeah. And it was a brilliant. It was it was a special no. kind of song. Wasn't it Barry? It was, special, it was a special kind of song, wasn't it Barry? It was a terrible song. It was a terrible song. It was a song. It was a song. Is there anything you need? Is there anything you need? Barry, is there anything you need? 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 I like to focus on people when I sing, so... Who did you I, focus on the last time? I, used, I remember singing this and I dedicated it to uh, all the foreign players in our squad and I dedicate, and I, I remember looking at Doug Howlett and looking at his eyes and... Do you want me? I'll do Dougie. Yeah, you've got to be... You're not as scary as him, I'll be honest with you, but... <laughs> you're quite similar, all right, yourself and Doug. <laughs> remember, I don't... I might forget the words, so help me out, it's pretty I'm Dougie. Easy. Okay. You know we belong together you and I forever and ever, no matter where you are, you're my guiding star. And from the very first moment I saw you, I never felt such emotion. I'm walking on it just to know, just to know you Another question. Ar Arthur, you're playing a detective, aren't you? In yes. Death of Paradise. Yes. We, were, we were going to ask you this earlier. What's your favourite detective? Who's oh. your favourite detective? Um, I love lots of detectives, but there's one detective I'm dying to see, I haven't seen yet. I imagine it will be my favourite, is Jerry Flannery. He, he was in a movie. <laughs> he uh, has his own made, film. And you were in it. No, I wasn't actually. I, I was in it. You were in it, yeah. yeah you I were like an enforcer or something. No, I was just a down and out rugby player. Just, <laughs> just about really? to retire. That's the limit that yeah. you, you can go to. <laughs> <Yeah>. Typecast. <laughs> Flannery played a detective, did he? I think so, didn't he? I think he was a drug lord, I think, <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they made a they made a film called Parface. I think it was like the Limerick Scarface a few years ago. Um, Paul O'Connell was uh, his enforcer, and I think he was supposed to rough up a few a few girls on the dock road there. Uh, also actresses, but someone didn't realise and they called the cops. And uh, there's a brilliant video like someone kept the camera rolling and O'Connell is in the background in like a a black leather vest and a load of chains and a little hat. And he's there, yeah, we're going off at the lines on Friday now. So. <laughs> the world needs to see we this video, see actually. This. Yeah, I've yeah. been wanting to see this for 10 years. I, I, I heard about it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. There's a full hour and a half film called Pa-Face. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Pa-Face? Pa, yeah, as in right. he's the lead character. He's a Colombian drug lord from <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> Sounds like it makes the young offenders look like Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, listen, my thanks to Andrew Trimble, Ardell O'Hanlon and Barry Murphy. See you next week for more star guests, action and chat in the clubhouse. Come on, Ireland! <laughs>